0: ESPN Radio.
1: Sean Watson has a no-trade clause in his contract, so if he doesn't like what a team says, he can not approve his trade to that particular team or city. The New Orleans Saints. Okay. Is they're the team that I think if they get to Sean Watson, become a legit, bona fide Super Bowl
2: contender.
0: ESPN Radio.
2: You're listening to ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80, and ESPN Plus. You're rocking with your boy Chris Canny. Who's rocking with his main man, Chris Carlin, in the studio today. Good to see you, big fella. What's going on? Good to be here. Nothing much, man. We got a lot going on around the world in sports. NFL free agency. We had the Jokic Embiid battle, which did not disappoint, although did have a surprising outcome. Aaron Rodgers got the bag after trying to convince us that he didn't get the bag. But we got to start with the news about another quarterback who we hadn't seen on the football field in over a year, and that being Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson, of course, met with the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers yesterday, and we're hearing reports that he's expected to meet with the Cleveland Browns today. But there is now a fourth team that has emerged that is in the mix for Deshaun Watson, and that would be the Atlanta Falcons. And that's a little bit of a surprise given that the Falcons reworked Matt Ryan's contract and just looking at it on its face, if they were to decide to trade him or cut him before June 1st, you're talking about the Falcons staring at a $55 million dead cap number. So there would be some logistics, some moving parts involved if Atlanta would decide to land Deshaun Watson. But according to reports, Arthur Blank is awfully fond of Deshaun Watson. He'd been watching him since his high school days in Gainesville, Georgia, which is a stone's throw away from Metro Atlanta area. This is somebody that he's really high on. And when you consider the situation with Matt Ryan being a 37-year-old quarterback versus a 26-year-old quarterback in Deshaun Watson, you can understand the interest that the Falcons organization would have in bringing Deshaun Watson back to the state of Georgia.
0: I want to know what the $55 million logistics are, first of all. (laughs) If you can find your way around that, God bless you. Look, it's not often that this guy becomes available. This kind of player who's already established, who is 26 years old, who is locked up under contract already for the long haul, and the opportunity is there to not go through the growing pains of getting the young quarterback and drafting him. The one thing I, I, I do look at the Falcons and think is, okay, so long as we're clear on this, I don't take Deshaun Watson, put him in Atlanta, and immediately make them contenders. Like, this is the long play. Like, if you put him in a couple of these other spots, they're going to go win now, mm. right? You put him here, he's not going to go win now. Like and I'm, they're, they're a couple of years away with all the other uh, spots, and the tricky part here is, while you're going to get a break with, uh, if you can navigate your way around the Ryan contract, it's not going to be much of a break, and so you're still going to be... In a similar scenario where you can't go out and take advantage of having the quarterback on the rookie contract. The problem is, like, I don't know how you pass up this talent when they become available. But what what are the Falcons giving in this kind of a situation? How much is it going to set them back even further in trying to get somewhere here in the next few years? Well, it's going to set him back. I mean, you're talking about bringing
2: in Deshaun Watson, not for 2022, but for the next decade plus. That's what the decision is about. But you realize in the interim, you're not going to do a lot of high-level winning, which brings me back to the Matt Ryan part of this whole discussion. And if you're not going to do a lot of high-level winning, that doesn't it make sense to try to find a way to move off of Matt Ryan, even if it means giving him a contract extension and then deciding you're going to trade him? However you've got to work it in terms of structuring the overall deal, it just seems like it would make sense to go ahead and give him that parachute, that early exit, because you realize right now, based on where they're at, it's going to be a slog for the Atlanta Falcons to do any high-level winning. I'm not saying that they can't win their division, because they're going into 2022 with the best quarterback in the NFC, well, the second-best quarterback in the NFC South. But all I'm saying is, in terms of the
0: overall roster and what it looks like, there's a lot of work to be done, so it seems like. Well, and is Watson like going to be good with that? Because yes, he'll want to go to Atlanta because of having grown up there. Yeah, but is he going to be good with the fact, like, hey, we're going to come get you? But take a look at what we're giving up, and take a look at where we are, and understand it's not happening in the next year or two where you, we're going to be winning at a high level. Well, here's the one thing I will
2: say: if they do move off of Matt Ryan for Deshaun Watson, realize what's happening. The owner, Arthur Blank is getting rid of his son-in-law in order to bring you into the organization. So I would think that Deshaun Watson would have some sway, would have some say in terms of the overall direction of the franchise. What the coaching staff looks like, who, who's going to be in the quarterback's room with him on a daily basis, the pieces around him on the offensive side, spending on the resources that the team has under the salary cap, like all of those things that the Houston Texans didn't want to give him It seems like Arthur Blank would turn that over to Deshaun Watson along with a blank check and say, you're my guy and we're going to make this commitment to you in this way. And quite frankly, Carlin, I think that's what it's going to take in order to get Deshaun Watson. That's why he's having these conversations with all of these teams. From Adam Schefter's perspective, he's saying all of these teams want to do their due diligence and find out his side of the story about the events that took place over the course of the last year with the 22 pending civil cases that he's got to deal with as well as the dismissal of any potential criminal charges with Harris County, that's all well and good. But this interview is going both ways because Deshaun Watson does have some leverage in this situation. He has a full no-trade clause. So he's not going to a team unless he's completely comfortable with the situation. And so there's a little bit of these owners in these organizations selling themselves to Deshaun Watson and what they can do for
0: his future. Let me ask you this, though. Aside from wanting to be near home, the Falcons a desirable place to be for Deshaun Watson? Like, the way that organization has been run, they haven't won a Super Bowl. They've gotten a one. They blew one in a big way. Um, (laughs) You know, they haven't... We we could say all these things about Arthur Blank wanting to do the right thing and wanting to do everything he can to win, but where's, where's the track record of you trust the people that are in charge there? I don't know that the track record exists with the guys who were there. Arthur Smith did a nice job in his first year, right? Yeah. Do I feel like the Falcons are finding their way over the hump here with the people that are calling the shots? I wouldn't feel great about that. Well, here's what I'll say.
2: If you're the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, you have a direct, a direct line to ownership. We saw it with Matt Ryan. We saw it with Michael Vick. That, that's how they do business down there. You have a direct line to Arthur Black. Okay, and I think, the, and the, I think that's the most important thing. But
0: how much does that help? How much? The, the, what do you mean? How the, much does it help? Well, that's, it the that, that's the guy that's signing the checks for everybody. No, I understand. <laughs> but he's also picking coaches. He's also picking all the people, the GM, all those guys to come in and run the organization to win. Like, do I trust the judgment of Arthur Blank to bring in the right people to make this a winning organization overall?
2: What I will say is this: I'm looking at it from this perspective. If Personally, a, I don't. If but... I'm if I'm a player, and I and I get it, I I, I think you make some very coaching points. But my thing is, when you look at the landscape of the division, how long is Tom Brady going to be here? How long? M- maybe two I think ye- it's me- more than one year. Maybe two, <laughs> may- maybe two years? <laughs> maybe. Maybe two years. Okay, maybe two years. If you're making this decision for the next 10 years, and I was talking about Deshaun Watson, now at the Falcons, look at the landscape of the NFC South. Who's the quarterback that scares you? You don't. Nobody. You, you don't have that guy that's in yeah. place. Drew Brees is gone. Carolina is a perpetual nightmare. They, they, they don't have the quarterback, and on top of that, I think they're going to fire their coach after this season if they don't get a quarterback. So uh, it, it's a very low bar to clear in terms of your path to being able to get to the playoffs, and that's where it starts in terms of a player like Deshaun Watson being able to establish his legacy. That That's, to me, what it comes down to. It presents an opportunity for you to have a soft place to land because it's basically your hometown. You're going to be playing in front of a lot of friends and family, and you're going to have the security in knowing that the owner wants you there in a big way. And that's important when it comes to this decision, especially with the baggage that he's going to be bringing into this organization.
0: Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio Afternoons. The flip side of this now, too, are some of the other places that he could potentially end up. In. Well, you hear Cleveland a lot yep. now getting into this mix. And I, I'm I've been itching to ask you this question for a bit, but I have to wonder— if I were Baker Mayfield, right, do I feel like I've been wronged quite a bit here? <laughs> because, now think about it for a minute. Like, I had a good second year. I played all of this past year banged up. The organization knows that. I did everything I could, yet now they're still looking to, like, the, all I have heard for two years is how they're looking to get off me. And, and yes, Deshaun Watson for the Browns, would be phenomenal. But if I'm Baker Mayfield, how do I feel about that?
2: And that is the question that the Cleveland Browns front office has to answer, and we're going to answer it on the other side of the break. But first, a word from Wendy's. The number one pick is in. It's Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stack-starting lineup like the Breakfast Baconator, my personal favorite, or the Honey Butter Chicken Biscuit. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a simply orange juice to bring it home. Make a fast break for your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely, choose Wendy's.
1: Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause in his contract, so if he doesn't like what a team says, he can not approve his trade to that particular team or city. The New Orleans Saints. Okay. They're the team that I think, if they get Deshaun Watson, become a legit,
2: bona fide Super Bowl contender. Ah, yeah, you gotta love that NFL music, don't you, Carlin? (laughs) You gotta love it. You're listening to Chris Carlin and Chris Canny on ESPN Radio, and it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless and Carlin. To get to your point about the Cleveland Browns and their relationship with Baker Mayfield, there's no way in hell you could be Baker Mayfield and respond positively to the rumors that your team is sniffing around Deshaun Watson. But the reality is, you created this situation after the mess that was the 2021 season. Because I don't know that expectations could have been higher for the Cleveland Browns going into that season. After they had won a playoff game, they beat the hell out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost last second in arrowhead to the Kansas City Chiefs that went on to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. And so in 2021, this was supposed to be the year that Baker Mayfield and the Browns ascended until, until the final four to the title contention rounds, and they absolutely fell flat on their face. Now, we can put that on the injury that Baker had to his throwing shoulder, but also we started to see some cracks when it came to the leadership aspect of Baker Mayfield's game. We saw that with what happened in the Odell Beckham Jr. situation where Odell's father put out a video or retweeted a video or reposted a video of Baker Mayfield missing some throws, which led the organization down the path of releasing Odell. And then in the aftermath of that, we also saw teammates coming out and saying that they didn't necessarily agree with the organization's decision. And then on top of that, we had Baker Mayfield's wife saying that, you know what? if the guys on the team showed a little bit of the same courage and heart that Baker did, maybe they wouldn't be in that situation. And then Baker Mayfield publicly saying, there are some things within the organization that need to be fixed. That was on the heels of Kevin Stefanski saying everything was fine. So there seems to be something amiss when it came to Baker's relationship with his teammates, but also the relationship with the coaching staff in the front office. And so I think, It's only going to lead the Browns down the road of exploring all of the quarterback options, given that Baker is going into his fifth-year option season.
0: Look, if I'm Baker, get me out of here. Look, you clearly don't want me here. Get me out of here. Well, hold on, hold on. You can't say
2: that you clearly didn't want him there, because they sided with him over Odell Beckham Jr. They sided with him. They made a decision. You know what? This guy is a problem for our quarterback. Let's clean it
0: up for Baker. Get him the hell out of here. We're going to cut him. But did they make it because, did they do that because it was, they were doing it to side with Baker? Or did they do that because Beckham had the track record of doing the same thing before and they just didn't want to go through it again? Well, either
2: way, it's a problem that their quarterback was facing and they solved it for him. They got rid
0: of a guy that they traded a first round pick for. But all I hear about is how you want to go in another direction for the last several months, frankly, into last year at one point, there's still, look, if you're Baker, I would, I heard Ray Lewis say this one time, and it kind of made me think of the, think of this situation. I'd be ticked off for greatness, and I'm paraphrasing there. Yeah, (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) But, you know, like, when you have something like that, you should be angry enough that if it doesn't happen, I'll show you. I'll show you, I'll show all of you, who the man is, and, and use that as inner motivation. But there is part of me that would say, get me out of here. Like, if you guys don't want me, I'll go somewhere else, and I'll stick it to you. Because it's clear that all I have heard about for a while are all of your better options than me. And you drafted me number one overall a few years ago. So Well, we didn't draft you. That's number one. John Dorsey, Kev- Dorsey did.
2: Yeah, Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry didn't draft no. him. And so that makes it a little Dorsey bit easier did. for them to cut bait if that's what they choose I, to do. I meant the organization. No, as no, no. Well, no, but, no, but, yeah. I, no, but you're, you're making a great point. But what I would say to that, just to push back, is that it seems like the decisions that they've made over the last several seasons have been about trying to get the most out of Baker Mayfield. I mean, having a guy like Jarvis Landry, trading for a guy like Odell Beckham Jr., having the guys in the backfield and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt
0: fortifying that offensive line. If that ain't for Baker Mayfield, who the hell is it for? I tell you what, though, okay? I I get that. But if I'm Watson and I'm starting to look around as to where I want to go, Cleveland high on your list
2: based on what I was talking about earlier? No, probably not. No, and again,
0: organization hasn't necessarily gotten it done. Stefanski had a really good first year. Not as good of a second year,
2: no. And and I think a lot of that had to do with the quarterback being hurt. But I will say this: I, I look at the organization, and it starts from the top down, right? Yeah. And their owner Jimmy Haslam has some issues, not just with the Cleveland Browns, but other organizations that he's run. So i I don't have I don't hold the ownership in high regard, and that's why I have to temper my expectations for what we're going to see on the field from Cleveland. But again, it comes back to the quarterback. You take Baker Mayfield, number one overall. Because he's supposed to be a force multiplier, he's supposed to make everybody better, and I don't know that you can make that claim about Baker. No, you can't. In, in 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 three of the four seasons that he's been in Cleveland, the only year that I would say that you got you got more out of him was probably in twenty twenty, right, but, but this, that could be that could be a product of the supporting cast, not because the quarterback is stepping his game up
0: and making all these other guys better. Hang on, though. Here's the question, though, for Mayfield in all of this is there supposed to be an expectation that if you're that guy and you went out and played hurt all year, and they knew it, okay, and they knew that you couldn't play at the top of your game, and they still felt like you were a better option to win than Case Keenum, should that be paid back to Baker? or In other words, like should there be an expectation on Baker's part still being a younger player that I shouldn't have to hear about other quarterback options at this point? Oh, hell no.
2: No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. If you're out there, if you're healthy enough to be out there, then we're going to hold you accountable based on what uh, we see and on I'm the field. I'm good with that. That's what it is. So, I'm
0: telling you, I, this is what I think Baker is probably feeling right
2: now. And he could be feeling that way, but that's not how the NFL works, even for a I guy agree. that was taken with the number one overall pick. Hey, like, listen, they've, they've, they've cycled through coaches. They've cycled through personnel. All of that stuff doesn't matter. If you're not getting it done on the field, yet you're saying that you're healthy enough, then they're going to evaluate you on the film, and the film just shows that Baker Mayfield wasn't good enough for this team to do any high-level winning. So there are no excuses when it comes to the NFL. You can try to point to the shoulder as a reason why he didn't produce, but at the end of it, all the coaching staff and all the front office sees is that you didn't produce. Yeah, And we're going to try to find a guy that we can replace you with and we can get better production. And
0: Deshaun Watson is certainly that option. He is absolutely that option. He, I just don't know if I was watching it if I want any part of Cleveland. Like if I'm, I'm agreeing. if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm doing everything I can to get to New Orleans. That's what I'm doing. I want to get to the Saints. I can be there for the long term. I can absolutely win there. And I can win there in the short term if I get there. Like I if I'm the Saints. I have to make that happen.
2: Let me ask you this, Carlin, real quick, because we touched on this earlier. How much of the Saints and the Panthers being involved is what's dragging the Falcons into the party? Oh, i sure they're all in the same you're division. Sitting,
0: you're Arthur Blank, and you're sitting there, and you're wait. The Saints and the Falcons are, or the Saints and the Panthers are in this. Yeah, and it's legit. Yeah, yeah. No, if I'm Arthur Blank, <laughs> absolutely, I'm on the phone. I, I you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm getting out of uh, aisle 12 in Home Depot, and I'm <laughs> going and finding my GM and find, what the hell's going on. How are we not involved in this? We have to get this done. We have to go get this guy, especially when you consider how hard would that be to take for Arthur Blank when he's known him as long as he has, he's from Georgia, and he's going to go play for the other team in the division and stick it to you Twice for the next a year. 10 years. Ooh. Twice a year for the next 10 years, and then potentially winning championships.
2: That's not something that's going to sit well no. with Arthur Blank. I can promise you that. That's Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Coming up next, Tom Brady Sr. says the media coverage factored into his son's initial retirement announcement. I don't know if Carl and I are buying this one. We'll have more on this one on the other side of the break. You're listening to ESPN Radio back after this. ESPN Radio. Canny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and E-Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on Twitter, at Chris Carlin and at ChrisCanny99. And as always, you can tap in on the Canny call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, that's 888-729-3776. We want to hear from you on what the best landing spot for Deshaun Watson is around the National Football League. Four teams have expressed interest publicly, that being the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Atlanta Falcons. I'm sure there's some other teams that are waiting in the wings, but we want to hear from you guys on the canny call-in line on the best landing spot for Deshaun. Again, the number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. But, big fella, we got to shift gears and talk about another quarterback that's poised to come back in 2022, that being Tom Brady. And his dad, Tom Brady Sr., was on with our Mike Greenberg on Greeny this morning and place some blame on an interesting party when it came to Tom Brady's premature retirement. Take a listen.
1: What happened eight weeks ago was a bunch of people reported that he was retiring and he, you know, before he was ready. I mean, right after the, after they lost, these losses are painful. They, you don't, uh, you don't just roll over and get up and get going. It, it's painful at the end of the year, putting six months in and, and uh, all of the heartbreak and all of the joy, but, it's hard, and it's emotionally wrenching. And lo and behold, you—it's like your car is out of gas. And then somebody asks you a question, and then everybody's telling you, telling everybody that they know what was, they were doing. I mean, they were announcing his retirement before he even retired, and the media made the news. He—he mm-hmm. he was not ready to make any decision, and, and didn't make any decision. But Schefter and Darlington uh, stated it as fact, and you know he hadn't made any decision on that, and so. Lo and behold, uh, after he had time to reflect with his family and, you know, what gives him the greatest joy in his life, and they all agreed that this is the path forward that that works best for for the Brady family.
2: Carlin, I'm going to need for you to interpret what Tom Brady Sr. said just now because it didn't make sense to me. Make it make sense, big fella. Make it make sense for me. Please, break it all down.
0: I don't know if I can. (laughs) Um... He literally just said that Tom Brady retired because Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter reported he was retiring. And thus, well, he couldn't make it not true. You literally just blamed the media for your own son, a seven-time Super Bowl champion who's 58 years old at this point, (laughs) retiring. He actually did do that after they reported it. And yet somehow it's their fault. They weren't lying. You don't get to this point by making something up in their careers. They obviously had the story because one of Tom's people, or Tom himself, told them this was happening. And he just didn't like the fact that it got reported too soon. Tom Sr., dear God, go away. What what could you possibly be thinking in needing to blame... The media for Tom retiring prematurely. He's a big boy. Are you telling me that going into losing to the Rams, he had no idea what he was going to do, and then in the moment he just became too emotional, and I'm packing it in and that's it. Absolutely not. No chance that's live, the way live, it happened.
1: Live, and more lives.
0: Absolutely. It had been happening all year long where I'm sure he was thinking about it, and we all know what just happened. He went home. He spent time with his family, and then he said, now what? What am I supposed to do? I, I can only play so much golf. Now what? And he went back and played. Stop blaming everybody else for your son prematurely announcing he was retiring without knowing what he was getting into. That's I get it. A parent's job is to defend their kid. But now when they're 60, <laughs> now, when they, now when you won a Super Bowl seven times and you got a billion dollars in the bank. No, Dad, take a step back. Stop.
2: He's got an AARP card, for goodness sakes. Oh, uh, my I mean, Lord, Let stop. me Let me ask you this. Just to play devil's advocate with this situation, if Tom Brady. There is no devil's advocate. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to. <laughs> I'm attempting to. Humor me here. Humor me here, big fella. If Tom Brady was on the fence after the loss to the L.A. Rams in the playoff game, if he was on the fence about what he wanted to do, family putting pressure on him, the fact that Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter came out with the news, did it make it feel like almost there's an expectation that I I need to move forward with this retirement? If I'm thinking about it, then I am retired. Isn't that what Bill Parcells said once upon a time? So is there the possibility that Tom Brady, after hearing you know, Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington get in front of this thing, saying, you know what, I want to control the story. I want to control the narrative around my retirement. It's something that I'm leaning toward right now in this point in time, just because I feel like I owe it to my family to do this. So let me go ahead and take control of it and put it out there on my social media, rather than allowing this story to linger out there for the next month, month and a half, until I ultimately come to whatever conclusion that I'm going to make.
0: Could Uh, that be a possibility? No. no. (laughs) No, it couldn't. And look, if it is, again, why are you letting somebody else dictate your own narrative? That's what you got mad about in the first place. Yeah. If that's really the case, those two reporters don't say that without having it cold. Okay. You don't do that. I mean, you get absolutely embarrassed as a reporter if you're wrong on that kind of story and how many how many different people they probably had to check with before they reported that one that's number one number two tom immediately came out and said no decision has been made yet and then two days later it's i'm retired yeah it wasn't take a couple of weeks he could have done that he could have said guys i haven't made any decision yet if that's truly what he was well, we, well, we
2: got to remember now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came out and said that we hadn't heard that from Tom Brady right? after it was reported by Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter. So I, I do think there was some uncertainty there. I, I mean, I'm not going to discredit what Schefter and Darlington did because they are two of the best Absolutely. in the business. And like you said, they're juiced in. They probably sourced that thing seven ways to Sunday before they decided to make it for public consumption. But that being said... It still doesn't mean that Tom Brady was 100% set that he wanted to retire. Well, the, my I, point I, is I, I think it was more likely than not that he was going to retire. And then there was a pivot somewhere in there when the reality of being away from the game and not having the opportunity to quench that competitive fire in any other walk of life that, that started to crystallize for him over the course of the
0: last month and a half. This is all, and that's, the, and that's what led him back to coming back to the National Football League. This is all the guy's ever known, and I get that. I'm not yeah. faulting him for coming back yeah. and doing it. I'm not faulting him for any of that. But don't blame everybody else because you made a decision too quickly. That's what happened. You made a decision too quickly. You should have taken more time. When you're making that decision overall, take a few more weeks. See how you feel in two to three weeks. Or... Was the decision made for him already? Did they talk about they being him and Giselle and the family leading up to that? Like, hey, this is it, right? Well, it it wasn't him, though.
2: That's the thing. Even when he said it on social media, we knew that this wasn't a Tom Brady decision. If he had it his way, he was coming back for a 23rd season. Did we know it at the time, though? No, but, but when he said it on social media, just read between the lines and the words that he said, Carlin. He says, I feel like I owe it to my family who's been there to allow me to pursue my dreams. This wasn't about Tom Brady saying, I don't think I can play anymore. This wasn't about him saying that I can't compete at a high level. This wasn't about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not wanting me around. This was strictly a family decision. This wasn't about Tom Brady losing his passion, his intensity, his fire for the game of football. And so that's the part that never sat well with me when he made this decision and he decided to step away from the game. It didn't feel like it was him Saying it's time, it felt like it was his family saying it's time, and that's why I always thought that the door could be cracked open for Tom Brady to make a return. Well,
0: I still would argue that he should have waited a few more weeks. That they should have just everybody should have just let it sit and and let's. let's but if you, i not but, 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 to make but, a- but here's what I'll say,
2: calling to that: if you don't, if you entertain it for a few more weeks, it doesn't give it that finality. It doesn't have. That that conclusion that so, chapter. What, what clo- we're saying
0: is that Giselle and the kids didn't trust him. <laughs> but
2: exactly, that's my point. And maybe he didn't trust himself, and maybe he didn't trust himself. So maybe Look, when all of that stuff, all of those dominoes started to fall, maybe that's why he said, "You know what? Let me go ahead and try to go cold turkey on this thing." Realizing, this thing is this thing is like a drug. I mean, he's played. He spent more time in the National Football League than not in his yep. entire life. And you and I talked about this. So it's hard this. to walk away
0: from that. We talked about this a few weeks ago. It's hard for any athlete. Can you imagine what it's like for that guy when this is all he has ever known truly in his adult life?
2: And he's one of the best at what he does in the world. Still, when he's When he steps away from the game. Still. But when he steps away from the game is going to be known as the greatest quarterback of all time. I
0: I, I would say this if I'm Tom. Like, we've had enough with Dad here. (laughs) Can you get Dad to put the muzzle on? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And it's great that he was on with Brady, Don't get me wrong. Dad, you're causing more problems for me every time you talk.
2: Yeah, Dad is getting to LeVar. He's getting to LeVar ball territory. If there was a picture for old oh, man get off my <laughs> lawn in the dictionary it would be tom brady seen comes big brady brand exactly <laughs> <laughs> triple b oh my all God. right we got more from you guys It'll on the other side like of the break bow mine jersey thomas in ohio melissa in new jersey jared in montana we're going to get to all of your calls plus the best landing spot on deshaun watson and a little bit of news on the dallas cowboys they might have played themselves we'll explain that you're listening to Carlin and Candy, ESPN Radio.
1: ESPN Radio.
2: Carlin and Chris Candy on ESPN Radio and E Plus. And Carlin, we heard from Tom Brady Sr. this morning with Mike Greenberg on Greenie, blaming the media for his son's initial retirement, saying they pressured him into walking away prematurely. And that really is the impetus on why Tom Brady has decided to come out of retirement for a 23rd season down in Tampa. We got some people on the candy calling line that want to chime in. So we're going to go out to Jared in Montana, Jared, you're on ESPN
0: radio. What up? Thanks for taking my call guys. Big fan of both of you. There hasn't been a single athlete since MJ that's had more of a media focus than Tom Brady over the last decade and a half. All it would have taken was a text message for him to clear up any sort of retirement talk The reason his dad is covering for him is simple. He can't walk away from the spotlight. He's been in the focal point for way too long. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't want to sit around with kids and golf all day, maybe just for a little bit. but He should have pulled an MJ and just texted, I'm back, and that's it. (laughs) Like like, like Jordan did, honestly.
2: Yeah, it seems like a simple thing, right? If you're Tom
0: Brady, you're not ready to
2: walk away. When all of this stuff is getting reported, you just tell him, I haven't made a decision, and this talk about me being retired is not true. I'm not walking away. But that's not what he did. He decided to go to social media and say, it's time for me to walk away. Now he listed this whole host of reasons that had nothing to do with him, the football player, and it had everything to do with his family. And that's why I say there's that push and pull between the passion of your vocation versus the love that you have for your family. And in this one instance, for a player that's as methodical and calculated as Tom Brady, the human side of him won out in terms of him wanting to be there for his family. But I think Giselle and everybody around him realized that this dude was going to be unhappy because he was going to have to live with the regret of walking away seemingly at the height of his powers with the team that he was capable of winning another Super Bowl with.
0: Yeah, I think that's where my biggest issue with it is. I'm never going to knock a guy for wanting to come back and play again. It's just, all right, if you made the decision too soon, you did. That's it. Just don't. Turn around and have anybody point the finger at anybody else.
2: But here's what I don't understand about what Tom Brady Sr. said. Nobody is being critical of Tom for coming back and playing football. No, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. Everybody that's around the NFL, us that cover the NFL, fans of the NFL, everybody knows that the league is better off, that Brady is a part of it. So I don't understand why he
0: feels the need to defend his son's initial decision to retire. That doesn't even matter. Are you that bothered by the jokes the last couple of days of, oh, Tom spent his little time with his kids, wanted to get the heck out of town?
2: Yeah, he gave (laughs) up football for Lent. That's exactly (laughs) what happened. I I don't understand it. This is something that they've got to get past. Tom Brady Sr. has got to get over it because this doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But coming up, we got to get to some of the talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the free agent they thought they had. Wait till you guys hear this story about the Dallas Cowboys and Randy Gregory. You are absolutely going to lose your minds. You're listening to Chris Carlin and Chris Canny on ESPN Radio and E-Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Brackets are open now. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to get started on yours. And remember, you can fill out up to 25 men's and women's brackets for a chance to win $100,000 in prizes money for both the men's and women's games. For more details, see the Tournament Challenge app join our show challenge the canty bracket Carlin, have you filled out your
0: bracket yet i i have filled out two or th- i go through it two or three times and then i do the final one on wednesday
2: okay that's right. my day okay so like you're like greenberg
0: sheets of integrity okay you got got to get, get in- a
2: couple out of the way make sure you feel good about it and then you get the final and it will one. be in flames by 2:30 on thursday oh no question about it yeah. i mean for some people that have filled it out it'll probably already be in flames now with some <laughs> of the playing games but that's neither here nor there uh, but what is important is that the callers are there on the candy call-in line. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776 on the best landing spot for Deshaun Watson. Thomas in Ohio, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? Man, what's happening, man? I'm grateful for you both that give me this huge
1: opportunity to speak. Deshaun Watson need to trade his horns in for the horns from south up north. Come to the purple and gold, the Minnesota Vikings. Hmm. I know we just extended Kirk Cousins' a year contract, but you know what? We don't need another four years of mediocrity. This guy has proven that he's off the chart with talent, got a strong arm. We got wide receivers that's ready to go. We got a a, a top ten running back, or top five running back for that matter, and Cook. I think if you add the uh, uh, instruments of – Mr. Smith, Irv Smith Jr. at the tight end coming back, and then you add Thielen, that's a mixture for what I consider a powerful offense. Yeah, that's great. The problem
0: is they already have decided to take another couple of years of mediocrity with Kirk Cousins. They made that decision, and they're not going to be able to get out of that at this point.
2: Well, I will say this, Colin. I think that commitment that they made to Kirk Cousins is the equivalent of a commitment that you would make with the tender date. Like, that's how far they did because they gave him a one-year contract extension. And quite frankly, they needed the cat relief. because this was a team that had the fourth worst cap situation coming into this week. So they needed to lower that cap number. They gave them a one-year extension on it, but that just shows you that they're not sold on Kirk Cousins being their future franchise quarterback. I wouldn't be either. Maybe it's a wait-and-see type of situation with a new head coach and a new general manager, but the deal that they made with Kirk Cousins I don't think precludes the Vikings from dealing Kirk Cousins if they so choose at some point this offseason.
0: Well, I need to go and look at what the cap numbers would do, but to me... When you've done that and it helps with the cap, that's fine. It looked like all right, we're locked in on this guy for this year. I don't think that I two, three years down the road, I don't think Kirk Cousins is their guy. Well, they could've
2: they could've moved him this year and saved thirty five million dollars. The only problem is they had to be below the cap before the start of the new league year tomorrow. Right. And there was really no way for them to do that without addressing Kirk's deal. And they might not have been able to put a trade in place by that time frame. All I'm saying is I don't think the Vikings are locked into Kirk Cousins long-term. And if Minnesota is a place that Deshaun Watson would entertain, then that could potentially be a possibility. You could be talking about Kirk Cousins being traded somewhere else because we did get the report over the weekend from The Athletic that multiple teams were in on Kirk Cousins. Let's go out to Boma in New Jersey. Boma, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? Hey, what's up, fellas? How y'all? First off, it's Dama with the D. I appreciate y'all taking my call.
0: Okay, now, that's what's Watson
1: up. Pitch, Deshaun Watson should be a Watson should be a Pittsburgh Steeler. We have all the weapons around them. Offense is ready to go. We have a number one, a Super Bowl contending defense. We have the ownership who has the the courage to keep a Mike Tomlin employed. He's a black man. We have we picked up Brian, Brian Flores. We have the, you know, we will ride with him
0: we will ride for him We're ready to go. We're primed and ready. We have you, everything we need to be. if you're Watson, there are worse places to be, okay? Because it's obviously an organization that will back up their players, and you have a great head coach with Tomlin. It, it, it hasn't taken a lot of courage to be able to stay with Tomlin when he wins every year. <laughs> you know, that's not about courage, but I get it. It's a place that you'd want to be. I don't think they're going down that road. No, I don't see that either. The price will be too high.
2: Yeah, I don't think they're bringing in that baggage. But coming up next, is there increased expectations on Aaron Rodgers this season, and should the Packers trade Jordan Love?